The following copyrighted program is presented by PodcastNorm.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Russ, and I'd like to welcome you to the show we call Just a Fan's View, the show that talks about NASCAR from just a NASCAR fan's point of view. We won't be doing any interviews with drivers, and we won't be talking to any crew chiefs. In fact, when we do interview anyone, it will be just another NASCAR fan. That's why we call it Just a Fan's View. So hold on to your cup holder. We're not afraid to express our opinions. In fact, it is what we do best. Today's show is NASCAR Talladega After Chatter. The Aaron's 499 had something for everyone. NASCAR moved up on nearly everyone's appreciation list with the race in Talladega this last weekend. Just about every NASCAR fan had something they liked about it. That is, unless their driver either didn't win or got taken out by an accident. Overall, the general consensus appeared to be one of all fans seeing a race they really enjoyed, and in most people's minds, it was an exciting race with lots of action. There were a record number of lead changes and also a record number of different leaders, probably making this Aaron's 499 a focal point in the record books for some time to come. As expected, the two-car draft, or the two-car tango, as Fox Sports Mike Joy liked to call it, was very prevalent throughout the day and looks to be a restrictor plate expectation and advantage for the future as long as they don't make too many changes to the rules they now have in place. I had one of my questions answered by the race in Alabama this weekend, and that was whether or not we could have more than one of the two-car drafts going on in the main pack of cars. At one time, I counted at least three within several car lengths of each other, and that's being conservative. It appeared to this fan that many of the drivers were trying to take advantage of the ability to go an 8 to 10 mile an hour faster than their competitors. Now, although the advantage was there for all to use, not all knew how to use it to improve their position. In fact, it was obvious that some knew it was there and used it, but didn't know how to really make it work for them and cause themselves and others difficulties by their inexperience. One thing is certain, Kevin Harvick knew how to use it, and RCR came up with the best place to take advantage of it during the practices on Friday afternoon. Their discoveries proved to be the advantage that took the number 29 RCR car to victory lane at the end of the Aaron's 499. Now, whether you agree or disagree with this next statement doesn't really matter all that much, But many fans were ecstatic when a failed late race maneuver put points leader Jimmy Johnson against the inside wall, causing him to finish a disappointing 31st. Now, remember, when I say disappointing, I'm talking about him and his team being disappointed, not those fans, uh, and drivers, that are weary of seeing the number 48 finish at or near the top of the finishing order every week. While we're talking about the number 48 Hendrick team, I guess now would be a good time to mention the continuing on-track struggles between the number 24 and the number 48. It seems that no matter how the racing goes, the two just can't get out of each other's way. For the second week in a row, Jeff Gordon was disappointed with his teammates' actions. Although I think the word disappointed is putting it mildly, it does appear Jeff could have had better finishes, in particular over the last two weeks, had it not been for Jimmy Johnson. I do think, had it not been for Jimmy Johnson and some other late race happenings, the number 24 team would have had at least three victories this year, and possibly four. 
although I do understand that a lot of the activity between the two hindered teams can be attributed to just racing, it definitely hasn't worked out in a positive way for the number 24 Hendrick team at all. And let's not forget Jeff's run-in with Matt Kenseth and the number 17 Roush Ford back at Martinsville and how that went down. Another side note about Jeff Gordon is his obvious determination and aggressiveness this year. He has definitely been one of the hard chargers this season, and for many fans it has been good to see the old Jeff Gordon. I really don't think anyone can deny he has been in contention for the win at the end of almost every race so far this season. He may not have had the best car, but he and crew chief Steve Letarte have definitely put themselves in position to win almost every week. Wow, what else can we say that hasn't already been said about this race in Talladega? Let's see. We had Kevin Harvick finally breaking his 115 race absence from Sprint Cup Victory Lane, EGR finishing second and third with Jamie McMurray and Juan Pablo Montoya, Denny Hamlin still showing a lot of momentum since his knee surgery for JGR finishing fourth, and Mark Martin for the Hendrick Camp finishing fifth. We also had two-car drafting because of the relaxed bump drafting rules all the way around the track, and cars able to move up or down in the scoring almost at will all afternoon. For the fans that merely show up to see the multi-car pileups that are a part of restrictor plate racing, well, there was some of that too, along with fan-pleasing, tight, bumper-to-bumper, door-to-door racing that always makes for an interesting show, if nothing else. With all of that, it makes this fan wonder what Richmond will be like this coming weekend. With the way the races at Texas and Talladega have been, I wonder if it will be a little bit of a letdown or just more of the same great racing we've seen all season so far this year. I reckon the only way to find out is to show up on race day and see what happens. (laughs) Hey, this is Russ, and I'll see you next time, right here at NASCAR Fans View, or just a fan's view of NASCAR racing. That's the show for today, and we're really glad you took the time to be with us. It is our hope you enjoyed this time, and that you will tell a friend where to find us. Just a Fan's View is a production of, and all views expressed are strictly the opinion of, PCN Productions. Thanks for being here, and until next time, have a great week. Hi everybody, my name is Rusty Norm, probably better known to you as Podcast Norm. I'm the voice behind the face you don't often see. I just wanted to take a moment or two to tell you about the music you hear on this podcast and others I make. We all know that music makes it better and the music I use is from Mike Stewart and it is called TBT. Two Buck Themes. Not only is it good royalty-free music, but it is very affordable. How much is it, did you say? Just two bucks a theme, five themes at a time. I use it almost exclusively, except for the things I write myself. If you make audio or video productions and want to make them better, give Two Buck Themes a try. I know you won't be disappointed. Yeah, I'm an affiliate of Mike's, and I will make a little off of what you buy, but once you hear and use them for yourself, I think you'll feel the same way I do about them. Hey, this is Russ, and I'll see you next time.